In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together. We were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. This is a CBC podcast. So we're, we're now talking about, we're now doing our discussion about the episode. About the pitch. And the season. It's Bachelor After the Final Rose. That's right. Mm. That's what we call this episode. Thank you. Three comedians, a dozen experts, one math magician. Hours and hours spent writing and learning, and then forgetting everything we learned and writing some more. And now, after weeks of collaboration, Mark, Ryan, and I have released the pitch for our romantic comedy movie. His ex-girlfriend is Selma Hayek. Did you date Selma Hayek? Yes. Wow. And now that our project has been shoved out into the world, it's time for our little team of writers to do what we do best. Second guess every decision we've made and make fun of ourselves along the way. The three of us sat down with our producers, Chris and Dave, to go over what we thought of the final product. They're at the controls playing clips for us as we discuss what worked, what didn't work, and what took us by surprise. It's the final episode of Let's Make a Rom-Com, where we finally find out if we, in fact, made a rom-com. Okay, folks, right away, I want to get your initial thoughts on the pitch. I thought it was really cute and made me really love you guys a lot. We did it. I felt similar. I thought it was really good. I thought it was put together so well. I thought it was beautiful, well-produced. And like, I remembered those scenes and uh, recording days fondly. It was really nice. Like They held up to me, too. I really liked it. Yeah, I laughed. Yeah, I laughed. I shed a tear at the end. Can we play the part where Greg and Catalina break up? When he says, I love you, and then she says, I don't believe you? Catalina, stop it. I'm in love with you. No, you aren't. What? Don't say that if you don't mean it. But I do mean it. That's why I said it. Don't you love me too? Of course I do. So why is it so crazy that I love you too? I don't know. I don't feel well. I eat too much sauerkraut. I want to go home. I love that she was eating all that sauerkraut <laughs> while making the sauerkraut. <laughs> like one for me, one for the canning process. Because it takes weeks to yeah, exactly. <laughs> ferment. It does. it does. Why did you want to play that? Yeah, why did you want to play that? Well, no, no, I just I just really liked, I just thought that was a really emotional scene. I thought that was a really, I mean, I think my biggest thing of this whole thing is that like the actors were so good. I loved the performer so much, and this is something akin to last year where Kirby was played by my mother. This year, we decided that our real significant others, who are all really talented performers, would play these parts. So 
Anita is Mark's wife, and she played Breath. Uh, Lily is Ryan's partner, and she played Catalina. Common law wife. Common law wife. <laughs> Your common law wife. And then Malik was my boyfriend, and he played Greg. Whoa, record scratch. Maddie, what was the was? <laughs> um, what the was? So all through this podcast, I talk nonstop about my relationship. I'm tw- I'm I, every single episode. And then we record oh, this. Man. And then at Christmas time, me and Malik break up. And just to be clear, Malik knows we're talking about this on the podcast. And halfway through this breakup, I remember that this whole show is going to come out with him. And I'm going to have to listen to a 20-minute version of him saying just amazing, good romantic dialogue that I wrote for him. That you wrote, yeah. (laughs) And I was really terrified and dreading listening to this, like, so much. Um, And it was so nice to hear it. And it felt, like, so emotional, not just about the relationship. I don't know. It just – I had this feeling of, like – you know when you're like falling asleep and all these images like crash in your in your right before you go to sleep? I had that, but of like I just saw us in the studio like writing things and going to Granville Island and like sitting on that hill looking at that pirate ship and like him picking me up from work at, in the truck and I f- could feel like the whole thing all at once and it was like just a really nice thing that we made this and that it exists and I wasn't expecting for that feeling. Wow, that's beautiful, Maddie. That's really gorgeous. Yeah, that's really nice. What was it like having, because you broke up and there were still little bits of voiceover you had to record that that betrayed the truth of the timing of your real life. Uh, what was it like to have to like talk about your ex-boyfriend in, your, in the present tense? I mean, for me, I didn't really want, <laughs> this is so embarrassing, um, it was like a funny vacation to go back and just be like, Malik is my boyfriend. Like it was in the present tense. Um, it's weird when you are really obsessed with rom-coms. When you break up, you're like, there's a grand romantic gesture. And because we <laughs> broke up at Christmas, my rom-com brain was like, we will not get through Christmas and New Year's without getting back together. Like that's just so in your head of what happens. And then one day you have to be like, I'm not at the end of the rom-com where they get back together. I'm at the beginning of the rom-com when she's all messed up over her ex. And that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. But I talked to, I went, me and Mark and Ryan went for drinks and I told them everything that happened. And I was like, I don't understand what that was for. I genuinely don't understand why you are supposed to fall in love and then it feels like this it just doesn't feel yeah. right mm-hmm. and you guys said the perfect mm-hmm. thing and I would love for you to say it here I don't remember what, what you said <laughs> <laughs> <Abrica> Algebra <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so how do you guys think uh, this season compared to season one and uh, the writing of Progeny? The arc of the story was so clear to me. I think the arc of Progeny was not as clear. The arc of this story is so clear how they meet 
and then they fall in love, and then they have problems, and then the problems fester, and then there's a resolution. I really loved hearing that in, mm-hmm. a, in a clear kind of way. For me, I think that the whole time we've been doing this, I've been saying that we've been making the opposite problems as season one. Like everything we've done, we've done reverse. And progeny was like one of the longest things I'd ever listened to in my life. For me, I don't know why. I was just like enough of the, these people, you know? Yeah. But when there's this, I was like, oh, it's so short. I could have listened to yeah. this for way longer. And I think for me, when I listen to it, I'm like, I'm not sure we made a feature film. I think we made a 17-minute a short. Like I, I wish that we had kind yeah. of done more grander like pitching of set pieces and story and and stuff that we didn't necessarily see Mm -hmm. the other opposite thing of progeny is that i just i would love to keep writing this i would love to keep going this made me want to do i have so many more ideas that's been my big thing from this season is that i can't stop having ideas for this another thing i thought is that if i could redo it i would have either had selma hayek and obviously we can't in this podcast because we don't know her i would have had her in the whole movie a la bridesmaids (laughs) where she's a very central figure of like all the time bothering Catalina. Cool. Or I would have her not in it ever. Mm. If we get her, let's use her. <laughs> totally. And if we don't get her, let's make her a funny like MacGuffin. Two scripts. Two scripts. Two totally different scripts. Yeah, because yeah. when you when we get to that part in the in the record in the recording, like you're like, oh, I want to hear Selma Hayek's voice so bad. Then, when things don't seem like they can get any worse, at a catering gig, Catalina runs into Selma Hayek. No. I also was hungry to hear more of Greg and Catalina mention their families, mm-hmm. and then we mentioned the sisters. Love to delve more into that, like, you know, which I think would flesh out their characters a little more. It would have been cool to hear the sisters' voices or to have a scene yeah. from them or or hear from hear from dad that Catalina's calling, which is such a great joke about the dropping a phone in the yogurt. Yeah, I gotta go, Dad. It's hard to hear you. I recently dropped my phone in a bowl of yogurt. I longed for that. It would have been fun to hear hear their families. There was a moment, uh, you got, I don't know if you remember this, but and maybe we could pull this clip up because it never made the show, but we, when you guys were talking to Karin Sony, mm. and he was like, oh, and like, ha- like, so tell me about the parents. And then you got to have a quirky parent or family member. Yeah, mm. we don't have it. We kind of went without the parents on this one. This w- and that was an interesting, interesting decision. <laughs> Seems like there's a lot of regret. <laughs> yeah, it's funny listening to the show and like, when you're in it, it's kind of like fog of war making decisions. And then now I listen to the episodes and people gave us good advice that we don't always take. And that's always funny. We were like, oh, that would have helped. <laughs> Why didn't I pay attention to that? <laughs> also, I did not. I forgot that Greg's dad had died. And that really stuck out to me when he was like, oh, yeah, my dad died. And then we never talk about it ever again. It has nothing mm-hmm. to do with anything. Greg... We got this criticism a lot that Greg was not fleshed out enough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he didn't really have a storyline. I think Maddie and I just got excited that we both liked Grocery Store Joe and were like, done. Yeah, and I was like, well, you guys got this handled. Yeah. <laughs> you clearly know who he is. We could have taken all our secondary characters and said, like, what, what do they do? How does it relate to what's going on? And then can we like have a little like storyline there? We could have heard Zeta trigonometry is it maybe it could have been like a linchpin for some piece of story. You know how yeah. small characters become mm. like maybe he bails someone out of jail or is <laughs> at the party. Yeah, Zeta 
Played brilliantly by Kevin Lee. So I think I wrote that scene, but Kevin did a lot of his own stuff yeah. in it in the recording. <laughs> and it's very clear because like you just you can just hear him improvising in the background. Just chattering away. Let's listen. What's your favorite two-digit number? Twenty-four. Great. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna add those two digits together. Whoa, crazy, right? Okay. I'm so sorry. You were telling me something very important, and then I engaged with a math magician. Well, that's okay. I'm impressed with how quick you were with the number. Now, I'm going to carry the three up to the top. <laughs> oh, boy, that's one heavy three. <laughs> Do you want to keep talking about your dad's passing? No, I want to stand here and see how this plays out. What do we have? Wait, that's not right. Okay, you know what? We're just going to take a quick five, six, seven, eight, those numbers, and I'll be right back with a little bit more working magic. Oh, yeah, Zeta. And I just, I want to see more Zeta. And I think that's a really great idea, Ryan, to have him like pop up and like save something with math. <laughs> like, wait, no, I got this. You take this, you do the thing. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Okay, so I have a few questions. First, Catalina's job. Can you explain how you went from her being a continuity person on movies to a gig worker on the pirate ship? Okay, so where did she... she Catalina started as... What was her first... A librarian. Incantation. Or Catalina was... A library person. A librarian. Oh, that's right. Um, and then she morphed out of that into... Is that when she turned into film, someone in film, someone involved in film? Did mm -hmm. it go from that to that? Yeah. Yeah. And then I don't know what the transition was from film to gig worker. Can someone help me out with that? Like how that? We were married to pirate ship. The yeah, pi yeah it was we the pirate, pirate ship. ship. We wanted her we to. We could not get pirate rid of pirate ship. Yes. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then she, as a gig worker, was like, it was just to demonstrate that she didn't have like a steady yes. career. Right. And, and she and then I think we could all kind of speak to being gig workers in just in terms of ourselves, like, yes, yeah, exactly. just like we're always working different little things. It related to our our lives in a mm -hmm. in kind of a real way, yeah, yeah. Uh, the other one was Greg. Why did you say that he also dated? Like, was it like a a senator and a, a beauty Lady queen Gaga. and Tilda and maybe a Tilda celebrity Swinton. chef, celebrity chef Tilda yeah. Swinton. Wait, Greg dated Selma Hayek? I thought he just dated the celebrity chef with the big boobs. What? <laughs> the last the audience heard, he his ex-girlfriend was Selma Hayek. Why did it change to oh, right, right. all these formidable women? I think it was the uh, the fun. I think we got into a little chat and we were just like, wouldn't like it was just funny to like open it up to all these different people. And it also made him like more of an enigma. It's like how <laughs> How does he know all these people? And like that anim anamorph line, right? About the slug and and mm -hmm. uh, Angelina, like 
After a trail of duds, you're the first cool guy I've ever dated. In your trajectory, it's the opposite. I'm the first dud. In the anamorph between Angelina Jolie and a slug, I'm closer to the slug. I didn't date Angelina Jolie. Huh, good to know. He's only dated non-duds. Yeah. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. And she's only dated duds, to put it simply, up to up to their meeting on the on the spectrum of life. Oh, you know what it kind of was too is like it I think it was the timeline just didn't make a sense with his age and Right. So I that's another thing I actually like funnily enough, I'm like, I think this this rom com might have really been good uh, to like two fifty year olds. Right. Like it, I think it would have been even upped in the stakes if someone, mm. if, if, if if a fifty-year-old woman was insecure about an ex. I think it would have made it even funnier and more. Or you could set it like fifteen years ago as well, before she was married. Right, a period. Oh, piece. a period piece. That's it's true. Period piece. Great. Dave. Oh, there have been comments online already. Mm-hmm. People have seen mm-hmm. the seen the the silver bullet and all this. They're like, why not set it in two thousand seven? Like, well, why don't you do your own podcast, jerk? <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> a lot to think about. Not smart. We could have done that. We yeah, totally could have. You still can. The film's not made. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. No, oh, I forgot wait, to what? say. Yeah. It's set in 2007. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you reach out to Salma Hayek at all this year? I haven't. I didn't. I was going to call her, but I forgot. <laughs> Marka. Other than Google searching her, no, no, I have not reached out. No, we have not. She didn't follow me back on Instagram. We didn't reach out to her because we don't know how. We don't know her. We have no connection to her. We, we, I don't even know where to start. Uh, so if anybody out there listening knows how to get a hold of Salma Hayek and get this in her hands and her ears, uh, please don't hesitate to do that. It'd be great to just, just to have her say no would be great. It would tickle me if she knew this happened. So we kind of got into what you guys would have done differently, but what did you like about the pitch? What did you want to see more of? I loved the end. I loved that moment between them on the boat. And the sound design is so nice and the song was so perfect. I'm giving up the store. What? No, it's a good thing. Being with you made me realize that I was clinging to a childhood idea of myself. I want to start living in the moment and start doing what I want to do. What do you want to do? He kisses her. I love you. I believe you. They kiss again. I loved it. I wanted to hear more of Breath and Mark's Mark's podcast too. <laughs> What's it called again? Breathing in, breathing in, breathing, so breathing funny. it in. I think that's kind of the Aquins of this season yeah. for me. Like that could have its own standalone like spinoff. Um, like as we maybe the Aquins could be a cartoon show. Like I I would love to hear a, a weekly. Breath and Mark, and Breath just being mean to Mark, <laughs> having technical difficulties. I'd love, I'd love to hear that. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Breathing Into It, a podcast about relationships that work and how they work. Could you turn the gain down on your microphone, please? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the mark of a, um, pardon the pun, of, of a successful side character is that like you want more of them. But they're not necessarily overshadowing the story. Like, I think mm-hmm. I think they're. Uh, I think that's good. So there was a line that Ryan read in the in in the earlier episodes of the podcast that then uh, uh, the character is then played by uh, Aaron Reed. Um, it was very funny on the first series. A scene Maddie wrote where 
um, Catalina is out with uh, a, a bad date, and then he's really drunk, and he falls, and he hurts his knee. <laughs> Even on the first read, we were dying at this, but when we recorded it for the pitch, I think we had to do like 12 takes or something with Aaron screaming, I skinned my fucking knee. <laughs> Catalina's drunk date suddenly takes a dramatic tumble oh! and knocks into a handsome, put-together man named Greg. You okay, buddy? Oh, I skimmed my fucking knee! Yeah, I, I keep a baby in my wallet. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's just the way... It goes from being so, like... It, he's it's the nice musicality the of the whole thing. It's, it's gorgeous. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Aaron Reed was so funny saying this line that we actually genuinely all broke maybe 10 yeah. times we are rolling and this is uh, scene three take one. Oh, skin my fucking knee <laughs> we did not yeah, it was it was messing up our schedule we could not get this done oh skin my fucking knee i'm so sorry i can't i'll, I'll i'm sorry i'm just it's audible i'll, I'll just... Okay, so this season of the podcast is over, but the project is not over. You can do whatever you want with your rom-com. What is your next move? I'd keep going. I'd keep writing it. Yeah, I'd write the script. I'd definitely write... Yeah, I'd write, write the script. I would re-expand it out and have more, like, more of, like, a midpoint that changes the whole direction of the thing, like Kiwi Smith told us. Like, maybe... um. Mm. Maybe Catalina like gets famous halfway through and it changes things or something, something like that. If you do a season three, mm-hmm. what would you do differently? I'd write a script. Back to a script. I, I would go. I I miss writing a full script personally. I don't know if that's speaking out of turn, but I would. I loved. I know it was hard. If we I, did a uh, movie, would you want to write a whole movie script? Yeah. You yeah. want to write a whole movie script? <laughs> Matt, he yawned that to you. <laughs> I mean, a full film script, I, like, I would, I would love to do that, too. I mean, that would be fun uh, and hard and interesting. I did miss the chaos and the doldrums and the hell of trying to put a full script together. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think that would be something I, I, my, I might pitch. Season one, <laughs> Ryan was our leader season two maddie was our leader where i mean the mind reels at what the possibility (laughs) season three season three is all mark it's all mark baby i love this season because like it was such a beautiful window into maddie's love of uh rom-com and uh, just her life. And then like, which is like a nice sort of like, you know, I, I got a little window into my life uh, shown with sci-fi and, and such. I really can't wait for Mark to be alpha host as we mm-hmm. call it here and like have a little window into his yeah, interesting and amazing life. And so that's what I would be most excited about. I am yeah. so freaking excited to take on this role. I can't wait. I cannot, I honestly can't wait. If I can yeah. be frank, I didn't think we'd get here because for us to have the possibility to have a third season is way beyond the scope of what I thought would happen with this. Um, Not because I'm a pessimist, but just because I'm more of a realist and just could understand this might not happen. So I am so excited that, uh, that maybe that, that we are 
potentially doing a third season. And guess what? If you want a third season of the show, why don't you tell your friends about the show and write a review on iTunes, you sons of bitches? (laughs) (laughs) So we have reached the end of our rom-com journey. I want to thank all of you for coming along and experiencing our lives, laughs, and loves. And maybe it'll even inspire you to write your own romantic comedy idea. Maybe I'm emotional right now because the show is ending, but I made this podcast because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with two podcast hosts, you kind of want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. Are we done? Yeah, we're done. We're done. <laughs> oh, okay. I need a glass of wine. <laughs> I've been going through a lot. <laughs> Let's Make a Rom-Com is a production of Kelly and Kelly and CBC Podcasts. Hosted by Mark Chavez, Ryan Beal, and Maddie Kelly. And created by Kelly and Kelly. This episode was produced by Dave Shumka and Chris Kelly. For Kelly and Kelly, the executive producers are Pat Kelly and Chris Kelly. The coordinating producer is Lauren Berkovich. Producers are Chris Kelly, Dave Shumka, and Max Collins. Rebecca Pang is the associate producer. Chris Kelly took our photos and filmed our trailer. For CBC, the art director is Ben Shannon. Digital producer, Emily Quinnell. Video producer, Evan Agard and Corey Schaefer. Cross promotion producer, Amanda Copps. Senior producer, Tanya Springer. Publicist, Tanya Coy Busolo. Publicist, Meryl Cooper. Senior producer, Jeff Turner. Executive producers are Cecil Fernandez and Chris Oak. Executive director, Leslie Merklinger. Director of CBC Podcasts is Arif Nurani. Legal by Sarah Bell Etkin. Our theme song is by Chris Kelly and Colin Cowan. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.